It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. And it is a very, very special episode because I have with me Mash from the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Macho, welcome back to the podcast. Yes, welcome back indeed. I've got my words out. I'm ready to go. I'm really excited to be back on Edges and Sledges, you know. Not so excited about how that test series has gone, but someone's got to come up and front up and represent the West Indies. Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll get all over that. I mean, we'll be talking about the test leg of this, this uh, tour by India. It's been four years. It's been about four years since India last played. In the Windies, it seems to be uh, just after uh, an England tour that they that they go over to the Caribbean for a bit of R and R and some and some cricket by the looks of it. But Mash, uh, let's get into what's been going on with the West Indies because obviously we've we've spoken about the West Indies in the past. You guys covered it extensively on the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And so, guys, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know about the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, go check it, check it out. Um, it's Mash and Santoki. They talk everything to do with West Indies cricket. But in the context of the West Indies not making the ODI World Cup, and I know you've covered that at length and at pain in your podcast, what were you guys looking to get out of this tour by India? on the test front. Are you looking forward to it? I'm really glad you started there because that was almost the question I was going to put to you <laughs> as well from the from the Indian perspective because India and West Indies have somehow ended up, obviously it's part of the World Test Championship, but we somehow ended up as being each other's first opponent but at a critical stage of both our cricket. Now, let me explain why I'm saying that about India. I'm not trying to deflect away from West Indies. We're at a critical stage because we've just had the humiliation of not making the ODI World Cup for the first time ever. There's a lot of um, discord around the Caribbean about the state of West Indies cricket. But in a weird way, although on a completely different kind of stratosphere, India are licking their wounds after the World Test Championship failure against Australia. And in many ways, West Indies were the last team India probably wanted to play, and I'll explain in a second why. And for us, India was the last team we wanted to play because we knew India were going to win. India probably knew they were going to win against West Indies. And it just kind of begged the question going into the series, what can either side realistically take out of this? I hope you understand where I'm coming from. It's almost like a lose-lose series for India, even if they won 2-0. 
And it was almost a lose-lose series for West Indies. If that we lost 2-0, everyone was going to say, well, I told you so, this side's useless, and, and so on and so forth. So it was a really weird series to start off this next cycle of the World Test Championship. Yeah, and, and definitely that. I mean, when we covered the the West Indies tour, it was in our preview, we talked about it as a, a side in transition. Mm. It, the bowling attack was led, obviously, by Ravi Chandran Ashwin, who's... who's, who's a bona fide legend, I think. Uh, on the spin front, you've got Jadeja covering him and they've been doing that double act for years. But on the fast bowling front, we were looking at Siraj, who only had 52 wickets mm. to his name. And he was the leader of the attack. The last time Bumrah came to the West Indies, he, set, he sent stumps flying everywhere. If you remember that, there's a little collage, which I sometimes watch on, on Twitter when I feel... Uh, sad about the state of Indian uh, <laughs> cricket, where Bumrah's just sending stumps flying all the time. He's been injured. He's out. Shami's been rested. Umesh Yadav uh, didn't make this. Uh, Ishant is, I think, re- uh, retired or near retirement. I, I don't know whether he's officially retired, but he doesn't get picked in the test side anymore. Uh, the batting, Pujara was dropped. Uh, but it was we were looking to the future. We brought in people like Rutharaj Gregwad into the squad. Obviously, we'll talk about Yashasvi Jaiswal and what that man did. But it was a side in transition. So we were looking, plus the wicket-keeping spot, ever since Rishabh Pant had his accident. Mm-hmm. Bharat's been keeping wicket. He did it in the World Test Championship uh, in the last stages of the of the 23 cycle against Australia in, in India and then against Australia in the West, uh, in um, the at the Oval. Um but whether he got a shot in the West Indies would be the question because you're looking to build for the next two-year cycle. And we saw Kishan actually played both those test matches. So there was context to it. Plus, obviously, Virat mm-hmm. Kohli hadn't scored 100 outside India for four years. The last test 100 he got, I think, was in 2019, yeah, I, I want to mm-hmm. say. Maybe at Perth, the mm-hmm. 123. And it seems like a long time ago. And I actually wondered why he was even playing this series because what would, what did he have to gain from it? But yes, you saw how much it meant to him. So there was quite a lot of context in that sense because it's the start of a new cycle. There are new uh, players. We're looking at fresh faces. Uh, we're testing out players. So I think from the Indian perspective, that's what we were looking at. And I think from the West Indies perspective, it's probably moving past that ODI. Yeah. A World Cup non-qualification a little bit because it's a different side. Obviously, Brathwaite leads leads this side. You've got uh, uh, Taj Narayan, Narayan uh, Chandrapal's son. So we we were all like in in India. Obviously, we watched him bat for hours against us. So we were all looking forward to seeing him do that. Um, yeah. So I think there was sufficient context to keep us interested. But what I want to ask you, Mash, is what. Why did the West Indies roll out those pitches for India? Because when we preview, previewed it, we all, we just thought that, honestly, the best shot that the Windies have is to roll out green tops and like Jason Holder and Alzari and Roach and, and Gabriel just roll the Indian uh, batting order. And that was really their best shot at, at winning a test. But groundsman had other ideas. Sorry, it looks like we've lost MASH. I'm just going to try and get him back on. While we wait for MASH, why don't we take some of the, the comments that are coming in? Uh, Shonak says, woohoo, Edges and Sledges is back. Neek Sport, big up CCP. Neek Sport also says, match disappearing <laughs> like the West Indies batting in Dominica, which is which is pretty good. Yeah, I don't know what's happening, guys. Sorry, Mash is in, in Jamaica at the moment, so uh, he keeps uh, coming in and out of, of signal. 
I am enjoying some of these comments as they come in. Okay, this is turning into a nice question and answer session by the looks of it. Someone asks where I'm from. So, I, kahan se ho, bhai, ab, I'm from uh, Delhi. I live in London now. Yeah. Shonakas, are you guys planning to travel to India for the World Cup? Unfortunately, we won't be traveling unless someone decides to sponsor a trip for us to do daily podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, um, uncle, what's your age? Asked Sandeep. I am 38, 37 years old, going on 38. Oh, I've just found MASH. Listen, we've, we've had to move to the phone to do this. That's okay. I've just been chatting with uh, with some of the guys on on the internet. <laughs> it's been it's been quite it's been quite amusing. But but we're back. Maybe we should get back to the cricket. We were were we talking about pitches? What were we talking about? I've I've forgotten now. Oh, this is the greatest show of all time. <laughs> as as I was saying, so uh, as a quick synopsis of what I was saying before, um, the the weather played havoc. Uh, the conditions in. In Dominica, so say the people close to the ground in Dominica. The weather played havoc, which hampered the quality of the pitch that the uh, Dominican grounds people could prepare. As I was saying, that this isn't the first time that um, overseas visitors, cricket visitors, obviously have come to the Caribbean and had the red carpet rolled out for them. Yeah, South Africa, you were saying, yeah. Yeah, South Africa uh, had the same in 2021, uh, which suited their fast bowling attack. So, and I think where we got up to last time, I was saying to you that, so we can look at Virat's 1-2-3, I think he got a 1-2-1. One, one. We can look at Jaiswal's 1-7-1 one, one, or, or whatever it was. And I'm not taking anything away from those knocks. I think the Indian batters still showed the requisite patience that was necessary to make runs on, on, that, on that track. If I don't know if any other test nation, knowing that they've got Ashwin, and Jadeja to, to, to bowl, I don't know what other test nation would say, yeah, let's let's give them a track that's going to maximise their benefits as if they're playing at home. And that's why at the end of the first test, the, the overwhelming kind of thought I had was, well, what did India gain out of that? That's, and that's not to take away India's victory. I'm not trying to demean it. I'm not trying to downplay it. But I just came out of that first test thinking, we gained absolutely nothing. And did India get anything out of that? And I, I, I'm hoping you're going to say to me, well, actually, yes, it was important to see Jaiswal get that one seven one. It was important to yeah. see Kohli score again. But do you get where I'm coming from? In that the challenge was so meek that I don't know what India got out of it overall. Yeah, and I, I agree with that entirely. I mean, I think it was important to look at Jaiswal. Uh, and he's got a great backstory. I don't know whether you, you've heard his backstory, but from where he's come which was living in a tent by the cricket ground and selling like street food to his teammates mm. because he couldn't afford to like live live even in that tent and moving cities and, and basically dedicating his entire life to playing cricket and then scoring that 100 on debut it is i think it it gives a lot of context to uh, the game for him yes the other thing I thought was because, and it's a funny thing to say, because of the time zones, maybe there was less scrutiny on some of those debutants. Mm. Unlike mm. Uh, in, in India, particularly, uh, it's late at night when the games are telecast. There, it's better if you if you drop a catch at three a.m. that no one's really watching. Whereas if you do it at prime time, you uh, where, which is what the England time zone is or, or the Australia time zone is, you will get scrutinized and you'll get. 
collect heaps of 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 uh, scrutiny and abuse. So, if there was ever a place to make your debut, which is what Kishan did and 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 uh, Jesswal did in that first Test match, the West Indies was as gentle in introduction to international Test cricket as you could expect. And uh, again, I'm not doing the the West Indies down, but I think it may not be the biggest challenge, but when these guys look back at that series, they will find it as a nice way to get into the harder challenges of the South Africa. Because the mm-hmm. other tours, overseas tours that India have in this cycle, are South Africa and Australia. Yes, yeah. And every ball there will be scrutinized. Every catch, every run, every shot will be done to death by the experts. Whereas over here, you could go and, and play that innings of 171. People say it's not the, the most threatening attack in the world, yes, but you've still got to do it. And someone was making a really good point on commentary, which was you can only play the opposition you've been given. Of course. And I think the Kohli 100 in the second innings actually, and he scored 70-odd in the first innings and celebrated when he hit a boundary after like 80 balls or whatever, it just showed that he respected the game enough to and the opposition enough to put in the work, mm. and sometimes and, and sometimes when I look back at the great bowling attack that England put together, I take it back to like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, where Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad came to the West Indies. I think they lost that series as well, one zero, where that's yeah. the meltdown. But they bowled literally thousands of overs. Mm. Is all I can remember, and that's the hard yards you put in that pay off later. So I think that's that for me was the importance of the series. Watching Kishan hit a few runs as well in the second test match, that was important as well. Yeah, but then other than that, I don't think... I think India would be disappointed they didn't get the full point in the second game because they didn't make yeah. the running in that. Yeah, and I think if I if I just jump in there, as, as so as meek as the first test was, and I think I, I, I guess I want to... Particularly for, well, I don't know who's listening from the Caribbean or who will listen to this, where people listen to listen to this episode from afterwards, all 17 pauses of it. But, <laughs> but, but I think more so for the Indian audience, I kind of want to give a West Indian perspective for that second match. Okay. And uh, I'd like to believe that the perspective I'm going to give is the majority perspective. Not a significant majority, but maybe like a 52-48 perspective. The best way West Indies had to compete with India coming out of the first test surrender was to do what we did, in my mind, which is, I think we batted 110, 112 overs. Now, yes, there's all the criticism about, I think the bowling coach was interviewed on day three or day four, and he was like, listen, West Indies have been defensive. They're not even trying to score. And I hear that. If we had played a different way, it would have hastened India's ability to win that test match. That's the, that's just the harsh reality of where West Indies cricket is at. It, I think even the toss, the best thing for West Indies to do at the toss was to bat. But I think we were so shaken up at, at the level of the gap between the two sides in the first test, we just reinserted India again, almost as a way to say, well, this is the only way to to extend the test match past three days. India are likely to bat a day and a half. And then when we come to bat, we are just going to grind it out for as long as we possibly can. It's not too dissimilar to what we did when England toured last year in the first two test matches against England. England were always um, in front in both of those first two test matches, but we batted long, we batted slow, and basically made sure 
the the draw was at least in the equation. We were never going to win, but the draw was in the equation, right? It's frustrating if you're an engine fan, but for a West Indian, it was reflective of what a minnow side probably has to do against an India, against an England, against an Australia, which is first and foremost, bat over 100 overs. If you bat over 100 overs, time is going to become a factor in the game. And if there is a significant gap between you and your opposition, I think that's the bare minimum you ha- you have to do. And like I say, uh, I don't, I'm not going to apologise, but I get the frustration that Indian fans would have had with that in terms of our goal-slow um, approach. The only frustration I'll share with Indian fans is it would have been interesting to see how day five would have panned out because that would have been the only point in the test match where the Indian bowlers, and I don't just mean Ashwin and Jadeja, would have had to have faced some level of proper examination. Like, you have to go win this test match now. This is your day. Go and win the test match. And I'm going to throw this back to you now. Yes, I know Siraj bowled well in the morning of day four, but what did you make of Kumar and, is it Unadkat? Because I don't I don't yeah, know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not sure if I'm giving them a pass grade or not. Yes, I know they were spin-friendly wickets, but have you learned anything about your 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 backup fast bowlers? Mm, another good question because Mukesh, I think I I haven't really followed his career, so, um, but Unutkat has basically played all his domestic cricket on similar tracks, dead tracks which do nothing, and he would just plug away and. Again, I think this is a selection that's been done with looking two years ahead because you want mm. the left-arm angle. You want someone who can swing the ball a little bit, someone who will keep the runs dra- down, who will bowl dry because that's what India have lacked after Ishan Sharma has gone. Mm. So, Unatkat, I think, is it was a good selection and we thought he would play. Shardul as well, we think, is an important selection because he plays that bowling all-rounder role and this is his time to shine. He's had flashes where he's shown crazy brilliance. He's called the Lord because he, he does crazy things. He scored the 50, the fastest 50 in England ever to beat Ian Botham's record and stuff like that. But it's just, it's been the exception rather than the rule. And this was his time to do it. So that was good. I'm not sure about Mukesh. I think probably a backup at this stage. We do have Prasid Krishna who's recovering from, from injury. You've got Bumrah who's going to come back and just walk in. You've got Shami when he's fully fit. So this is just creating, I think, a a a a battery of fast bowlers that can warm the bench and then step up when needed. Mm. What I thought was interesting when you mentioned, I was just thinking about what would have happened if the West Indies had batted first in this test match. Because mm. that would have probably been a four-day test match. Yeah, India batted twice here. Yeah, And so maybe, maybe uh, putting India in to bat actually did save the West Indies because that ensured that India had to bat, bat twice, right? 100%. And I, I am telling you, they would have looked at that wicket and known we should bat first. But the only way to extend the test match was to force India, which, don't get me wrong, that means that they knew there was enough in the wicket that they trusted themselves to put up some kind of fight with our first uh, innings total. But the only way to extend the test match was to force India to bat first and probably bat twice. So, so, so yeah, so, yeah. I mean, all things told, India have come away from a test match series versus West Indies completely dominating it, yeah. but with only 16 points. So there, there yeah. has to be, 
And don't get me wrong, I'm celebrating our four points like we just won the World <laughs> Test Championship. As, but as you should, as you should. But the other thing I don't, I, I, I don't like is people like you've dropped points against the West Indies because of rain. If you don't win a lot of Test matches in this cycle, you will not make the final. Mm. So these four po- po- points or eight points or whatever they are should not be should not be determinative. You should dominate for two years. To mm. make the final, no one's got a seat reserved in the final by by beating the West Indies or beating Bangladesh or beating like teams that are lower ranked. Them, you've got to beat the best teams as well. Yes, one hundred percent. So yeah. a, a test match win against South Africa will count as much as a test match win against the West Indies. So I I don't like the narrative that oh you've dropped points against the West Indies. It, it could have happened. The West Indies could have sprung a surprise by by winning a test match as well. I actually thought that they might. If you rolled out a green top and you need one session to go your way, and they've done it to you've done it to England, you've done mm. it to England. True, three three Test matches in a row two years ago, or was it two Test matches? Jason Holder masterminded the uh, the uh, win against England. Yes, yeah, so we won 19. in 2019, and then we did it again in 2022. Um, yeah, again, so against again on green tops, right? Like you, you just need consistency you need blackwood or someone to play a, a nice knock and as you say it would have been interesting on day five i would have backed ashwin and jadeja to just deliver that when even even if they'd come on for like 60 overs mm. i think ashwin and jadeja would have done it they've just done it so many times that they would have they would have managed it i suspect uh but again West Indies equally could have batted it out for a draw. One of the comments has been "grind ball" is is the yeah. uh, is the way to go. Yeah, so the grind ball is the is the is the word that we're trying to put into the cricket lexicon when it <laughs> when it comes to uh, when it comes to West Indies cricket. But I mean, it's got to have a ball next to it to get into the lexicon. I think these days. as a as a kind of summary for for West Indies in terms of what we take out of this. Is I would love to believe, and the reason I the reason I say this is I want to see what your overall conclusion is from an Indian perspective. But from a West Indian perspective, the overall conclusion I take out of this is we got four more points than anybody probably realistically expected us to get before the series started. And I'd like to think that they've looked at how they played in the second test versus India and accepted that this is our identity. Ideally, no. Nobody wants to watch their test nation play really slow, grinding, desperately dull cricket. But if that's where we're at right now, that's what we need to be. And I've got no problem with them saying this is our identity. Love it or hate it, it's at least something we can coalesce around and say this is what we have to do for now. So similarly... And, and bear in mind as well, I should just add, that West Indies debuted a 22-year-old at, at number three. Alec Athanase got his debut as well. Athanase, yeah. yeah. He, he, he looked really good. Exactly. So there were some test debuts in there for some new batters, and I think that's encouraging uh, um, to see going forward. So I put this to you. We're now for India, and before you answer that, when some of your... Well, you may say this is it, though. But I was gonna—I was about to say when some of your more established players come back, does everyone just get dropped immediately, and you and you almost go back to—I don't want to say tried and trusted because that's denigrating Bumrah, that's denigrating Pan, and whoever else you may bring back into the top order. Or are you going all in now? Is it all in on Jaiswal? Is it all in on um, Ishan? Like what? What? Where now? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So the first question I think is, and, and this will get talked a lot about in India, is that Shubman Gill didn't score any oh, runs so, in the yeah, series. Yeah. So he batted at number three for the first time in his international test career. He used to open the batting. Mm. I've always maintained, and this has now just become a thing. Apparently, everybody maintains, A, he's going to succeed goalie as the best batter, and B, he's going to bat in the middle order. And I was saying this three years ago, but uh, he was nowhere on the on the horizon. He he was not helped by the fact that we had like 100 plus opening partnerships almost every time. And um, I opened the batting in whatever level of cricket I play. And even batting at three, waiting with your pads on is a completely different story from being out there on ball one, right? So mm. I think he will, he struggled on the slow pitches as well. He, I mean, he's, he's, he's a fantastic player. Honestly, like when he gets going, there's no one better to watch. So I think that that would be the question, but... I think they will stick with him throughout. Rahane is the other question mark. He came back after being dropped, scored some runs in the World Test Championship final. And then I said he's going to struggle on these slow pitches. And he has. He had one moment of brilliance, which was that catch, which was genuinely, absolutely incredible. And it opened the door for India at that stage. I think it was just after tea or something. Mm. And he took an absolute blinder of a catch. And there's a great article about how it's uh, those milliseconds are the making of a... Uh, are the result of of an entire career of work put into slip catching, which is which is which is true. Uh, but I think uh, Rahane will be the first casualty when time comes, because mm. he's closer to the end of his career than the beginning. Unlike Gill, who's got much more time, but there will be pressure on Gill to score big runs as well soon. Uh, before those those tours come up and and before India play the, I think England at home over five Test matches this year. Yeah. So there'll be that. Uh, Kohli scored runs. I think important for him to get his 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 juggernaut back going. He's had a long drought, but he's he's back. I think he scored. He's India's top run scorer in twenty twenty three. So I, I don't have any concerns, and he's looking good while doing it. Bumrah will come back in. Shami will come back in. I think Siraj is number three. So that will be the top bowlers. To mm. be honest. India might look at in an cut if there's a lot of seam, but you look at a Shardul if you want a second bowling all-rounder while playing outside India. The worry for me is we keep playing Ashwin. He takes he took seven wickets. He took over ten. He took ten wickets in the first game. He took more mm. wickets in the second game. Yeah. But then we don't play him when we tour. And he's too good a player and he's too great a bowler now to restrict him to bowling in Sri Lanka, the West Indies, Bangladesh, and, and India. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He's good enough to take wickets everywhere. So that is actually what I would like to see in this cycle going forward. So that's a long answer to your question. <laughs> it's it's question quite a long answer to your question. The one you didn't answer was what about Ishan? And because you got Ishan Barrett and then yeah. Pan, Pan comes back in what, maybe, yeah. I don't know, six months to a year, whatever it might be. 
so Pant is back to uh, training and keeping wicket and batting, and and there's a video of him deadlifting on on social media, mm. which is good news for Indian fans because his his recovery has genuinely been remarkable from where mm. he was in December. So that's good news. I think in the in the near term, Ishan Kishan is the is the best like for like. In fact, it was so like for like that he was hitting one hundred sixes <laughs> with a bat that Rishabh Pant had given him. It is so Rishapan met him at the NCA, so the National Cricket Academy, where they all train and they do their rehab. And Pant gave him some pointers, which Ishan then later said was really helpful for him in 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 his innings and playing Test cricket. And he also, when you look at it, gave him a bat which has mm-hmm. RP seventeen written on it. And the, the, he hit two sixes to go to his fifty with one hand. And there's only one other left-handed wicketkeeper batter that's done that in the past, and it was Rishabh himself. Also, the similarity is gone because Kishan was Rishabh's uh, under-19 uh, India captain. Mm. So they're, they're the same age. They do kind of play sort of similar roles. Rishabh obviously had a had a magnificent start to his his Test career, and is is something else. But I mean, you couldn't ask for a better replacement in a way his keeping isn't as good as Rishabh and that was a big question mark about Rishabh as well when he took over from uh, Saha is his keeping good enough for the test level if you drop a catch at at, at test level it costs you a lot more than if you drop a catch in T20 right so uh, but Kishan did okay took everything Mm. behind the stumps took some nice catches off the spinners as well so that will be his challenge to show that he's as good a keeper if not a better keeper than than Pant and when they both fit that will be a big, that'll be a big decision to make. Who do you play? Mm-hmm. Because they're both they're both capable of playing SPO batters as well in those sides. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's an interesting problem to have. But again, you're looking two years ahead. You've got a a man who will. So I was glad, and I said that they shouldn't play Bharat mm. because we've seen what he can do. He's com- a very competent keeper, a very good bat, but. If you're planning for two years, in you're planning for a two-year cycle. Yeah, I wanted Kishan to play at least one Test match, and they've played him in two Test matches. So I was I was super happy with that. Oh, we've got a lot of questions coming in, by the way. Oh, I didn't even look. see. I'd forgotten because I jumped in and out of this so many times. I'd forgotten this was live. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, pe- people have just been waiting, watching my face while we've been live as well, which has been quite amusing. I have to say, well, thank you for thank you for staying on. No worries, no worries. <laughs> yeah, that's the Pant versus Kishan question for me. Mm, mm. And I, what, what I would just say is, I'm really glad, and I don't know how many West Indian fans listen to this or will be watching this on a repeat um, or listen to this audio or whatever it might be. Um, I'm really glad you've mentioned the two year cycle because I think the best teams in this next World Test Championship cycle are thinking bigger than just the short term. There's quite a few sides in this World Test Championship. Australia, in fact, the top three, I'd argue. Australia, England, and uh, India all have some of their top players who I think are the wrong side of 30. And I'm just intrigued to know who's playing for now and who's playing for how things might look in, in, in two years' time. And that's why, as much as there's a huge gap between West Indies and uh, India, it's good that we've debuted um, Alec Athanase at 24 and Kurt McKenzie at 22 because actually two years from now that's more important than yeah. carrying on with whoever we might carry on with because you've got to start thinking about what's the long-term plan 
So yeah, I'm really glad. To and and my him. big my big worry is actually we don't have anyone to back Ashwin who's 36 mm. and Jadeja who's 34 because mm. they will run through sides for you day in day out. But who's who's our second? Like you've got Akshar who can who can do the job with for for instead of uh, instead of Jadeja. But Ashwin is is almost irreplaceable. Who have mm. you got in in the pipeline? There you've got Kuldeep that can do some sort of uh, wrist wrist spin. You've got Shahbaz Ahmed who can bowl some left arm spin. Washington Sundar can bat and can bowl some off spin, but he's not in the same class as Ashwin as a bowler, right? So that's what worries me when you look two years ahead. The reason India get into these finals is because we we prepare these spinning tracks at home in these four or five match series, and then we win one Test match after that another. That's the last two we want. We beat England 3-1 to get into the first World Test Championship final. And then we beat Australia 2-1 to get in. And it was off the back of playing three spinners mm. and and just running through teams on on, on uh, spinning tracks. And if we don't have that security at home, we're going to have to be a lot better abroad. And I mean, Ashwin will eventually hang up his boots. I think he's fit enough to carry on for this cycle. But maybe it's a question for the next cycle. Mm. The worst mm. thing is actually he gets left out of the final after getting them there. <laughs> it's happened. Twi- well, it's happened this time. He played the last one. He takes like uh, he was the highest wicket taker in the cycle, and then he doesn't play. Can you imagine the highest? And that's how bowlers get treated. Yeah. Can you imagine the highest run getter in a cycle not being being fit, traveling to the to to play the final, and then being left out? It's it it's just yeah, it wouldn't insane. happen. It just doesn't happen now. It's absolutely insane. But anyway, so I think that's everything on the test series. Should we briefly touch upon this this one day series that is kicking off on Thursday at, at Bridgetown? Yeah. So you guys have brought back Hetty. Yes. Um, Edmire's back, which is quite similar to what happened two years ago. Um, the last, I think, the last time Indra were here, yeah, it was two years ago. I think it was two years ago, and and Hetmire came out came back into the squad out of the blue once again. But I don't think Hetmeyer's played since then, actually, <laughs> since that particular series. So there's there's a lot of cynical kind of thought process about, oh, Hetmeyer just times his return for West Indies to be with, with when um, with, with when India tour. But um, I will debunk that slightly in so much as if you believe the story, Hetmeyer made himself available for the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, West Indies opted not to take him due to... Um, Due to squad synergy, they felt that Hetmeyer might disrupt that synergy. Uh, well, he didn't. I mean, but he might didn't. he might miss a flight or something. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah sir. He, he he didn't <laughs> he didn't disrupt it, and we disrupted ourselves by not making it to the World Cup. But um, mm. but yeah, the, the the main talking point is Hetmeyer is back. O'Shane Thomas is back. Uh, the quick bowler who Indian fans should remember hasn't been seen yeah, in about yeah. three years. Yeah. When Nicky P is out, though. Yes. So what we think, it's not been confirmed. All we've been told via press release is that Puran is unavailable. Same with Jason Holder. What we assume, with Jason Holder, it will be rest, undoubtedly, because he's an all-format player. With Nicholas Puran, I don't think anybody can begrudge Nicholas. I presume it's because he wants to keep playing in Major League Cricket in the States. Okay. I I can't begrudge him simply because Nicholas, for the last... Since he was made captain and then lost the captaincy, he has played non-stop for the West Indies. He's turned up at every single series, both when he was captain, when he's not being captain. Uh, he's 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 not turned down West Indies' duty to go and play franchise cricket. And 
in the World Cup qualifiers we just had, he scored, what, two, I think it was two centuries, might have been three. He was our top run scorer. I think we can allow him to go and play some franchise cricket and take a break um, from this particular series. Would have been good to see him there, particularly because Hetmeyer's back and it gives your top five a bit more structure. But the problem West Indies have got is we have no World Cup. We're not going to be in the 2025 Champions Trophy. So we're actually, where does India need this series to start thinking about what's going to happen in the World Cup in 2023? Yeah, And this is a good series for India because I'm not saying that we replicate Indian tracks, but outside of Asia, we're probably the best place to tour to replicate something similar to what you might get. You wouldn't want to be going to South Africa, England or Australia as prep for the World Cup if you're going to go away from home. So I think it's useful for India, actually, to to treat this OGI series as a proper kind of, we need to get ready for the World Cup. Yeah. For, West, for West Indies, we should be treating it as, let's try and find some kind of identity with this new kind of reset squad. If we lose 3-0, we lose 3-0, but let's try and build an identity. I think that's the two different approaches that might be happening for this World Cup. Yeah, and we've got we've got questions of our own to answer in in that Surya Kumar Yadav, the last time he played ODI cricket, I think got three ducks. Mm. He's a master at T Twenty cricket, which, to my mind, just I'm just like, how can you fail in one day cricket when you're you're scoring hundreds in in T Twenty games? So can he crack ODI cricket? Will be the question. Um, who's the wicketkeeper? We've got Sanju Samson, who's in the squad. You've got Ishan Kishan. Both of them can keep. One of them is left-handed. I wonder whether Kishan gets the nod. But Kishan's more top-order batter. Samson's a, a middle-order hitter. They both hit the ball magnificently. Um, Umran Malik is in. He bowls mm. 150 clicks. But he's been pretty inconsistent. Again, is this really going to be, when Bumrah comes back, is he just going to presumably just walk into the ODI side, right? You're not going to keep someone like just be Bumrah out. Mm. Well, Nutcut is in this team as well, which is interesting. Um, I don't see him being a real contender for the for the World Cup. But I see Siraj cementing his spot because he's been the opening bowler. And the biggest problem India had in the ODI game was not taking wickets up front. Mm. And Siraj actually fixed that. But there hasn't been that much focus on the ODI game because of the T20 World Cups we had. So this is a chance, as you say, for India to try and start fine-tuning its squad. He's brought Rituraj Gaikwad in as well. Shuman Gill will go back to that opening slot with, with, with Rohit Sharma. Kohli will go up to three. Who bats four? Is it going to be Sky? Is it going to be Sanju? Is Kishan going to play? Pandya's back in, Hardik. You've got Yuzi Chehel. You've got Kuldeep. So all of these are known quantities. But again, the challenge is always that you need to have your 11 playing together. Yes, so that you must have seen where I was going to out as well. Yeah, I was going to. That's going to be my issue. You've got so many, so many options that sometimes you can have too many options. And what one of the things that India are going to have to work out. I'm sure they, I'm sure they've got a plan. But how many of the games is it the best eleven? And how many of the games is it chopping and like trying something? And because what what we in? We're in we're in July. The World Cup's only in like three months. So it's, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not, there's not that much time. No. It's what I'm saying. Yeah. And you've got KL Rahul who's sitting out, who's just gone back to training. He was actually a lock at number five because mm. he was playing that keeper batter. Uh, so I think at this stage, it's Ishan Kishan, 
Sanju Samson and KL Rahul all auditioning mm. for that one spot. That's at number five, really. And um, I think Sky will probably make it to the squad. It would be, it would be quite interesting if we left left him out of that. Uh, I think, yeah, Pandya Pandya is another uh, big hitter, so he'll have him in. Um, I don't know. Jadeja's got his his spot sealed as well, but I don't know whether we'll play Akshar for a couple of games just to test him out again in kind of match conditions. I think he played pretty well in the West Indies the last time. He last time round game is good, yeah. Yeah, but it's still a team in flux. Now, if this had happened in 2019, before that World Cup, we would have been panicking. Mm. But basically, I think what's happened is that the ODI game has lost primacy in our minds, which is sad mm. in a way. And it's reflected in the West Indies not even qualifying, right? So they've just said T20 or Test match, which is, which is fine. For I guess that's... That is uh, what it is. W- what does this mean for the West Indies, this uh, ODI series before World Cup, which they're not going to? The genuine answer is I actually don't know. Santoki and I, we, our attitude is this is pointless. But obviously it's not. But four years is a long time. Like, I'm sure England fans will disagree, right? And England fans will say the reason why they became a champion ODI side is because they started the revolution four years out. But the reality is... Prior to a World Cup, like I, I just West Indies, it's probably the biggest issue West Indies have. We never know who's playing from series to series. So the notion that we can create and begin like an identity from now against India, I, I, I just don't buy it because, okay, so we, here's an example. After India, the next ODI series we play is, we go, I think we go to UAE to play Afghanistan. Afghanistan have us as three warm-up games before the World Cup. Don't be surprised if by the time we get to play Afghanistan, Hetmeyer's not there. Nicholas Puran's suddenly back and then Alzari Jones is not there. So West Indies are always in a state of flux when it comes to OJ cricket because we never have the same squad from series to series. So even if Sammy was like, right, we're going to start, new identity, we're building this, we're building that, you don't even know who's in your squad. Like, you, don't, you don't know from series to series who are your certainties to even be travelling because of the nature of the competing uh, franchise leagues uh, and so on and so forth. So honestly, what does this series mean? Let's just see. Uh, I j- I'll just take seeing some good cricket. <laughs> just that. Just yeah. some, something yeah, more positive than letting India chase 374 or something like that. Just some good cricket. Fair enough. And what can we expect from these pitches? I think the first one's at Bridgetown, which used to be a pretty pretty fast track. Or yeah, so... Am I this... mixing up my pitches? No, you're right, you're right. So if you look at our squad, we have, um, we've recalled O'Shane Thomas, Jaden Seals is in the squad, uh, Alzari Joseph is in the squad, and I think that's pretty instructive. Okay. That's, well, okay. not Seals, but certainly Thomas and uh, Alzari Joseph are the two quickest bowlers in the region outside Chad yeah. and who is old now, right? So the fact we've picked two of our quickest, sorry, the fact we've picked the two quickest bowlers in the region, Jaden Seals obviously is probably our, best talent, um, our best prospect in the region, tells you that they are expecting Bridgetown to be fast, bouncy and pacey. However, we can expect that. That doesn't mean the grounds people are going to prepare. <laughs> that doesn't mean they're going to prepare what, what we're expecting. But that should, if I had to tell you what should be happening, expect it to be fast, pacey and bouncy, which is why Malik um, for India, it'll be interesting okay. to see if he, if he can get his clicks going. 
Nice. Nice. Well, it sounds like it's going to be an interesting series. I think it's three ODIs and then uh, three T20s too, which are five, in Miami. Five, five T20s. Five T20s in a non-World yeah. Cup, yeah. It's just showing you where the world's going. It, yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. The ODI game is now slowly losing relevance. And I think mm. even the MCC said something funny, like you should reduce the number of bilateral yeah. ODI games and stuff. But anyway. Okay, well, I think that's that's pretty much it. Mash, it's been a pleasure speaking to you as always yeah we got there in the end sorry about the technical (laughs) problems but um where would we be in the podcasting world without a few technical problems honestly (laughs) honestly but thank you thank you everyone for for bearing with us and thanks for everyone joining us on on um youtube live guys uh if you don't already follow the caribbean cricket podcast please do go and give them a like give them a follow i'll put a link in the show notes to their podcast. It is an absolutely fantastic show. It's been quoted in all sorts of leading publications. Wisdom, Michael Atherton, all of them refer to these guys. So if if you need anything on West Indian cricket, they are your guys. It's Mash and Santoki. And Edges and Sledges is one tip, one hand, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I think we're on threads as well. Why not? Me as well, right? So when Twitter dies, we'll, we'll move over to threads. But uh, yeah, that, that's the show. It has been an absolute pleasure. Nice speaking to you. Thank you again for the time. No worries, man. And um, maybe we'll do a wrap post the uh, white ball game. So enjoy your time in Jamaica, by the way. Guys, we will see you next week. Thanks again for joining the show. Take care. Later. Podcast Network.